Hello and welcome beautiful souls. Today I have with me the beautiful Jenny Diltz, who is a certified grief coach. Um, Jenny and I met um, at the grief conference that we that was held this year, um, Global Grief Conference. And from there, we've been following each other's journeys and guiding, uh, supporting each other along um, our within our businesses and you know everything that we've been going had going on since so I'd love to welcome her and yeah Jenny um do you want to sort of just tell us a little bit about yourself um and how you came to do what you do sure um like Sharna said my name is Jenny Diltz and I'm in sunny California right now and um I love being creative, these are my paintings. And they're just, it's just something magical about putting something blank on a canvas and turning, like seeing, a, starting with a blank canvas and turning it into something beautiful. And that's what I help people do in grief too. Um, we start with like a, a blank palette of, okay, what's what's here? And then we decide what we get to create. Hmm. Um, I got started in the grief field when I took a meal to a friend whose husband died suddenly. Um, I had no expectations, no hopes. Like, as far as I was concerned, it was going to be a five-minute meal drop-off. Um, it turned into a three-hour conversation that changed my life. Hmm. So that's how I got introduced to the grief world and how I unofficially got started supporting people in their grief. Yeah. It's obviously there was something that was, that called you to that, to her house that day. Um, the universe was sort of putting it out there that, you know, you had something more to give and that's how it unfolded for you but the fact that you were able then to take it and make it something more than just like oh okay you know I can do this I can be that person but then leave it there and walk out the door and not do anything else with it but you actually took it that next level and took your gift to the next level um and how you've done so much training and growth like for yourself around that grief space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wanted to bring you in today because grief, like I have, I've got so much information already inside of the program to do with grief, but there is so much that we can learn, like so many different other perspectives, uh, other tools that we can learn to really guide and support people in that time, because there mm -hmm. is no one size fits all. And we can continue growing our, you know, adding to our tool belt. We continue, we can, can continue to do that for ourselves so that when we do meet these people, we can, we have all of this, you know, all of these resources that we can pull from. If something doesn't work, we're like, okay, that's okay. We can try something else. And, you know, having that awareness 
for ourselves when we show up for other people. Like I believe just is so powerful. So I wanted to be able to bring you in, bring your knowledge of grief into this space, um, bring your perspective, your growth, your knowledge your expertise because essentially this is what you do like all of your work Mm -hmm. is um centered around grief um, and guiding people through that so and then you've created um you've created your business around that you've created programs around that Mm -hmm. um and do you want to so you've created um a way for people to grow like the the program is like the growing through the grief. Like, do you want to give a bit of, um, I guess, background to how that has come about? And then we can go into the steps that you created for that. Sure. So my program is, um, it's called Converting Grief into Growth. And it's eight sessions. So you can use that to convert your own grief into growth, or you can take that as a practitioner to use those same steps to help other people convert their grief into growth. And um, like Sharna was saying, grief is individual for all of us. All of us are going to have a different experience. Um, Not only with like, my experience is going to be different than your experience. Each loss experience is going to be different. So what we do in my program is I have a series of eight sessions, but it's not in a linear step-by-step order. It's more like I have eight tools in my toolbox Mm -hmm. that when you come to the session and you tell me what's going on and where you're at, then I'll go to my toolbox. Okay, this is the tool that I think we need for today. And if it's not, I'll put it back and get the other tool. Um. So some of the steps that we, some of the tools that we use in this program are identifying our losses. And it's not just the death, Mm. like the physical, the physical being. It's how that death or how that loss impacts the rest of our lives, how it impacts our family, our roles, how it impacts our identity, how it shapes our future. So we go into those secondary tertiary losses based on that primary loss or that that radiate from that primary loss. Yeah. Another tool that we use is um, how has our identity changed? Because grief changes us Mm. there's no way around it we are changed through loss and grief Mm. and there's no going back to way things used to be because that's impossible so we we delve into who do i want to become what do i want my identity my identity to be going forward And how do I create this person of my dreams and start living into that person Mm. and becoming that person that I want to be? Um, 
Another tool is, so working on our identity may be the first step. It may be one of the later steps. Hmm. Again, depending on each person's journey. Um, a tool that tends to be used more in the beginning is um, defining your relationship with grief. Because each of us have had different perceptions, different learnings, different backgrounds, different cultures, different trainings in grief. And so what we do is we lay it all out. What do you think of grief? What have you been taught with grief? What's your relationship with grief? And then we can, we sometimes we recognize, oh, that one's not serving me very well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put that one in the garbage. Oh, this one, this one's working very well for me. I'm going to keep using this one. I'm going to keep this one on the table. Um, so we just lay it all out and see what's there. And after we do that, then we can sort through it and understand which ones we want to keep, which ones aren't serving us anymore. Um, another step that, another tool that we use is um, noticing the expectations. Kind of going along with what's on the table, but seeing the expectations that I have for myself and also that others, that I'm believing from others' expectations for me. Hmm. Um, as I work with clients, one of the most common, most common words that I hear is should. Yeah. What should I be doing? I should be going out more. I should be crying. I shouldn't be happy. I shouldn't be joyful. I shouldn't be laughing. Their expectations. And so a big tool that we use is, again, clearing out those expectations and finding what feels right for you. And it may change from session to session, and that's okay. Well, it feels right for you right now. That's what we're going to focus on. Yeah. So much of what you said, like, <clears throat> grief has such a ripple effect, like, throughout our entire life. And we're not really taught how to navigate that. And, and that's where I think like you, when going through what you just said, like you're giving yourself permission to, to explore your relationship with grief, because a lot of the time we're not really given the tools mm -hmm. to deal with that. Like when you're growing up, you don't really come into contact with grief much. And then when you do a lot of the times like if you're, if you're, when you're growing up, it'd be your, your, your parents going, oh, this is how you need to, this is how you need to be. Mm -hmm. This, this, or you, or you look at your parents and you model their response and then you're like, okay, they're not crying. And, you know, grandma just died. I mm -hmm. mustn't, I might not, I shouldn't cry either. Right. Um, and then like you said, it's, it's that moment, like that person that you've lost, but then there's all of these different other 
parts of your life that you lose as well. And then we're not given the tools to navigate the death of that person, let alone all of the other things that go along with it. And when you're, when you go to the doctors or something, they'll, they'll go, Oh, just go and see a therapist. They'll, you will have the space to, you know, navigate that. But more often than not, like you deal with just that, that moment, but then you go out into the real world and you're like, what, hang on a minute. I don't know how to actually deal with the real world. Mm -hmm. This this is different for me now. Showing up for work is different for me now. My relationship with my my friends is different. My relationship with my, you know, if you're an adult, like your husband's different. And then you're like, well, how do I, how do I navigate that? How do I, mm-hmm. and then you don't, again, you don't have the tools to do it. So you kind of just push it aside or don't recognize it or, this is how my mum dealt with it. She just ignored it. So I'll ignore it um, and just get on with life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that's like, it's something that I see and I hear a lot of as well um, is one, they don't feel like they're given permission to grieve because, you know, with pregnancy loss, it's sometimes not even visible. And then they're like, well, you, how can you grieve something that you don't even, that wasn't really even there? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, yes, it was. Um, but to the outside world, they, they didn't see anything. That connection, that everything, that, that love, that bond wasn't there for them. So they're, they're told to shut down. They're told to not grieve. And then, like you said before, they're told to, you know, they should be doing this. Oh, you, sh- mm-hmm. you, sh- you should be over it. You shouldn't be crying. Um, why are you still upset? Like years later, why are you still upset? Why are you still? And I'm like, it's just, and I feel like we're not given the opportunity to explore our grief. Mm-hmm. to explore what all that means whereas you know within what you teach like you're giving them a chance to break it all down break the grief down into into stages into like pieces so then they can mm-hmm. then start to really understand what's happening for them not just on like not just their personal self but their relationships everything around them because everything around them's changed as well yeah and one thing that I do is I don't focus on one type of grief like I don't focus just on pregnancy loss or just on death I focus on like the universal grief like there's a universal concept of love there's a universal concept of grief and so my program helps people understand and build a healthy relationship and even a positive relationship with that concept of grief so that when grief comes again in a different form or in a different experience, they know, oh, I know this, this Mm -hmm. is grief. Now I, I know how to deal with it because I've learned 
before using the tools that I've worked with with Jenny, I I know what I need to do when I grieve. I know what feels good to me. So when grief comes again, oh, I know you, I recognize you. Let's go on a walk together. Teach me. And we're not scared of it anymore. Or we're not as scared of it. I'm not saying that grief is not painful when it comes again after you've had your after you've developed a relationship with grief. I'm not saying that it doesn't come back as pain and heartache and despair and anger. Sure, those are part of it too. But you can recognize it and you're you're more likely to give it space than to push it away. Yeah. That's what I was saying. You're more likely to, I want to say welcome it, but it's in a, like holding it in that compassionate space. Like you, you can bring it in and go, okay, this is something for me to process. Like, it's not, like you said, it's not something for you to push away. And I like how you mentioned too that it's you focus on a universal grief because the grief is not just going to show up. Yes, it's showing up now as like with the practitioners, they're going to be seeing women that have experienced pregnancy loss, infant loss or child loss. But chances are they've experienced grief before in their life. And they will experience it after that, that moment as well. This moment is like the loss is where they're, they've come to realize that grief, but it's not the first, it wouldn't have been the first time and it's not going to be the last time. And like you said, it's going to be that grief will present in different ways. It'll just show up in your life in a different way. It'll be a different challenge. Um, it'll be a different environment and yeah like you said it's not going to be it's not still not going to be easy Um, but it's about how do we embrace embrace it and welcome it in as opposed to pushing Mm -hmm. it away yeah I really like that um I really like the idea as well that you, it's not a set, um, a set eight step process because grief, you've probably, you, or you definitely would have heard this time and time again, grief isn't linear. So the Mm -hmm. way that we show up like in our day, like one day we could be completely feeling fine. And then the next day we're a completeness. And that's literally how grief goes. And I like that your steps aren't necessarily so set in stone because of that, because each day we are going to wake up, it will be different. The way that we show up is going to be different, the way that, the way that we feel. And in, the, in that moment, you can go, okay, well, this is what's been happening for you. We can pull from like this tool this step and then the next time you catch up with them things will have changed mm-hmm. and all from a different step um because 
yeah, it's just every day, every day is so different. And I think that's a misconception with a lot of people as well is that given a certain amount of time, you should have gone through the steps and you should be okay by, you know, the end. But like, where is the end? There is no end. (laughs) Right. And even if you're done, if you feel like you've converted this section of grief or this expression of grief, you're okay with that. You're, you've converted it into growth. You're good to go. A month later, five years later, 10 years later, the grief from that same loss is going to look different Mm. because you're different. And so not only is our grief different from person to person, it's different from loss to loss. And it also changes over time because we change over time. So Mm. our relationship with grief changes over time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you bring awareness to that as well, because what I see is a lot of women years later still being affected by their loss and they wonder why they're like, I shouldn't, like I've been fine for so long. And now why am I all of a sudden, like, I feel like, you know, they're being affected all over again. But like Mm -hmm. you said, like, it's because, you know, we've changed and that grief now is presenting in a different way. And I guess it's re revisiting that and reconnecting to that version of grief. Mm -hmm. And reconnecting with that version of ourselves too. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've had, you know, we've, we, we obviously experienced our loss. And then what I find is when you don't, when women don't give that space to their grief, it compounds into something else. So then if they lose something that's close to them a year, five years, 10 years later, if they're not given that space to really process and have that um, awareness and understanding of their grief and how, like, I like how you use the expression of grief, like how that's been, how that expressed for them at that time. If they're not able to hold space for that, it just compounds into that next challenge, that next thing that comes up and that grief, it almost takes them back to that moment where they didn't give themselves that space and time to process what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they've got like, like compounded grief. They've got layers of grief that they, that they then have to be able to, to work through um, because they weren't given the tools the first time around. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It's not saying, and we're, I'm not saying that, if you don't do it the first time around, you don't ever have the opportunity <laughs> to do to, it again. No, grief, grief will come back over and over again. Hmm. Um, I like, I, I think of grief as one of my best friends, actually. And 
I know she's going to come back. She's going to come back because she always has something to teach me, mm. whether it's from the same loss or a different loss or a different expression. Mm. I don't think even through the day that I die, grief won't be there to teach me. I think like my entire life, she'll be there. She'll be there as my teacher, my mentor, my friend. Yeah. I think it's just that like that moment when you choose to choose to process it. Like it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't matter. And it's like, you, you don't, you, there's no one point that you get to and you're like, oh, well, I'm done. I can't ever process my grief. I'm past my, I'm past it. Like you, there's always that opportunity mm -hmm. to process it, but it's that choice to do it at that moment. And it could be the first time you experience it, or it could be compounded into a multiple losses. And then, mm -hmm. you, and then it gets to the point where you're like, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need to, I need to really start, you know, processing this. But like you said, it's always going to be, it's always part of us. It's mm -hmm. like you said, you've got the universal, you know, there's a universal understanding of love. There has to be that universal understanding of grief as well, because we need the contrast in our life to know, to know what love is. Like you have to be able to experience the other side of that as well. So, and it's to be able to hold both of those in us. How, and then, you know, how do you hold both of that in you? It's by understanding mm -hmm. And having your own understanding and meaning of what grief is. So I like how you how you um, allow them the space to do that, to really have that awareness for themselves of what their grief actually is and what it means to them, because then it's going to allow them the opportunity to hold that grief alongside, you know, love and joy. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, for my life, I've experienced loss multiple times. And, you know, the first experience that I had was my dad passed away when I was 19. But I didn't have the ability to process that for myself. I was 19. I was, I was young. didn't have the mental capacity to deal with that. So I didn't, I didn't deal with it and it started manifesting in different ways when I got into like my mid twenties, you know, I was diagnosed with high anxiety, high functioning anxiety and depression and my mental health and my physical health was just deteriorating. And I, it all came back to obvious, it came back to that moment when I, my dad had died and I, in, in my mid twenties, then I spent like five years processing all of that and really understanding what was happening for me. Um, but it's funny though, because like, I don't even remember like, oh, well, actually, I do remember how my mom responded to that. It was, 
she tried to just put on this brave face. Like she tried to hold everything Mm -hmm. together. She tried not to let us see that she was upset. So, and I think that's how my anxiety developed because then I had to be, you know, this person that I didn't know how to be. My body is just like, no, this is like goes against everything that like I'm trying, my body's trying to tell me to do. And then I'm using my mm-hmm. mind to kind of shut everything down. So, you know, really just having that awareness, having someone on the outside of you that can give you that space to go, okay, this is now the opportunity that you can find what that all means for you, like, and really just break it down and process it. And in a way, you're kind of releasing it. You're releasing that that energy, that pressure that's going on inside of your body, that inner turmoil all of the Mm -hmm. time because the more you ignore it, I don't know, the more it builds up in you. And it's like it's always like emotions or energy, they're going to present in a different way if you keep ignoring it and you know, grief is part of that too, like, and all of the emotions that go along with that, it's going to manifest in a different way. Um, but we have to be able to then realize, okay, this is actually, this is grief. This is what it's, how it's working for me in my body. And this is what I need to do. I need to see it. I need to witness it. Um, but there's just no not enough awareness around that, especially mm-hmm. not like now moving forward. Like I'm, there's so much more awareness around grief, but still not enough. Yeah. Still, still too many women, still too many people pushing it aside, saying that they, they can't feel the things that they need to feel. Um, I know firsthand that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I went through a lot of a lot of years of panic attacks, and you know, my body's just like screaming at me. But you know, it's not. It. I think it sometimes takes us to go through things like that, though, to be able to sit up and go, okay, something's not right. Something's I need to process it. Um, and then when you have the tools and you have, like you said, you, you give them that space to make that connection, that understanding as well, each time that grief does come back, you have that ability to, to process it. It'll look different. It'll present differently. But like you said before, it'll be like, oh, actually, no, I have this tool. I can I can do this with this tool. I can process that with that one. Mm-hmm. And as you grow and as your relationship with grief grows, the tools may change too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was pregnant with my second um I was dismissed from my master's program. Um, And 
the way I processed that, I didn't, I didn't understand that it was a loss. I didn't understand that it was grief. Not until um, probably maybe even 10 years later. Um, but looking back on that, the way I expressed and processed my grief was more cognitive. Why am I being dismissed from the program? What can I do to debate this? Um, what's what's going on within me? Why am I like, why is there, because my, my academic score was higher than a, like was a perfect score. Um, but my clinical evaluations were at a failing level. Like they were receiving failing marks. So why was there just this huge discrepancy between my academics and my clinics? Um, so it was more of a cognitive expression of grief more trying to reason it out asking the questions trying to figure it out now my grief is more emotional mm. i feel it coming i feel the tears i express what i need to express i name what's going on with me i i try and find the source of my grief and i just feel it let it come and that's how I move. That's how my grief moves now. Mm -hmm. It's not so much cognitive like it was before. So even like the tools that we use can change as our relationship with grief changes over time. It's that's so true too. Like even, um, you know, experiencing pregnancy loss, like it was, the initial parts of me were trying to figure out the reasoning why. And I think, I think that's our, it's an easy place, I guess, for our brain to go. Like it's probably more human nature to try to find a reason. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of rabbit holes that you can go down and still sometimes never get to that reason there'll never be sometimes never be a reason so how can you you know come to that place of peace in you know understanding what's happening processing it and be okay with not having to ex like research every single thing and have that reason for why you know everything's mm -hmm. happening the way that it is but also like you said, like it's showing, it's presenting in a different way. Like it presents in a different way. So understanding that this is all part of it too. And to allow yourself, I guess, that, that space and compassion to go, okay, well, this is, this is actually part of it, but it's not, doesn't have to consume me. Like, I feel like sometimes you can let that consume you and let that, and then it sort of becomes a distraction to sort of actually really, acknowledging what's happening mm -hmm. yeah and distractions are fine mm -hmm. avoiding the grief is fine sometimes right after the loss our brain our our emotions are like we don't have the resources to deal with the grief mm -hmm. and that's okay so the avoiding the distracting that's our body's way of saying 
hey, I can't deal with this right now. I'm in survival. I've got a function. Hmm. And this is what I'm going to do so that I can. But then after, like when you're sick, you're in bed. Hmm. When you're sick and you're, you're in bed, that's what you need to do because your body can't physically move or you're too sick to move. But then you get to the point when you in your healing journey, when you start to get uncomfortable being in bed. Yeah. All right. I'm sick of this bed. I want to get out. I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I have a little bit more strength. That's when you know that your body's ready to move on to the next step. Mm. It's the same with grief. At some point, you'll know when that, when that point, when that turn or that change is, it's just, your body has an internal knowing Mm. of what it needs and how it processes grief. And when that itch to get out of bed, to get moving in your grief or start processing it comes, lean into it. Mm. Yeah, again, don't dismiss it. Like I like that analogy of being in bed because I've literally just been sick like this last two weeks. And I got to that point where my body is like, I can't be in bed anymore. Like this is like, I've got too much energy to be laying down, but I still didn't have enough energy to be out running around. But Uh I couldn't be in bed anymore. So I had to get up. My headaches were gone. Um, I had to get up and start doing things. So like you using that, I can actually physically feel it because I'm like, yes, I've, this has been my reality the last two weeks, but it's so true that we can be like, it's okay to, to be that, um, in that survival mode in that, that your body just needs to recover but when you feel that you're coming out of that fog, like out of that like immobility type thing, leaning into it, because that's where a lot of people will tend to go the opposite way. They're like, no, I still don't want to feel it. And they might may choose to stay in bed. Like they may continue to choose to stay in bed and not deal with wanting to get up and get out and do things and face reality. Um, and that's where they get caught. They get caught in that moment of like, they're okay. They can get out of bed. They can start witnessing their grief, processing it, understanding it, but then they choose not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the hardest part, but, you know, to really have these tools to go, no, I can help you. I can help you get out of bed and I can help you really start to lean into these, these feelings and the, and get that, that foundational sort of understanding of what's actually happening for you. Um, and these are the ways, these are the steps, well, not steps, but these are the ways that we can do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like, you know, that even in itself, like, is so missing because it's not offered like not I don't don't want to say it's not offered freely because there's people out there that offer it but it's just not known for some reason like it's not actively sought after sort of thing like people don't know that you know this is an actual thing that they can start to process and start to really heal and heal their body and recover 
Um, and grief is a real thing. Like grief actually is something that, you know, that you can re- heal through and move through. It's not something that you can, that you have to stay stuck in. Mm-hmm. That's why I love like the way that you've even packaged what you've done because it is the opportunity to grow like through the grief it is the opportunity for you to grow but it's a choice for you to see it that way but it is such a it is really a beautiful thing on the other side of the grief when you when you can start to really embrace it and accept it like there is so much beauty on the other side of that darkness Mm -hmm. Mm um yeah I love how you've packaged that up how you've worded it because it's it's literally giving them the tools to grow yeah um and I know that we touched you touched on it a little bit before as well so essentially the way that you've structured your program is you obviously help people that are navigating the grief but you can also then help teach these tools you know to practitioners to then they they then have these tools in their tool belt that they can use to help guide and support other you know other people um i will supply with this video um, the links to that to that program as well so obviously like if you want if the students want to explore obviously adding more tools to their grief tool belt um, you know which like we said at the beginning like there is no one size fits all to grief mm-hmm. there is so many things that we can to add we can add to our tool belt to to really be able to deeply support someone that comes to us yeah. um, and if they wanted to obviously explore that with you, they can, they can reach out to you and uh, go into that program and learn those eight, it was eight um, eight steps, like eight tools, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So do you want to just say, do, is it like a, um, do you want to just say a little bit more about the program? Like, is it an eight week program or is it just like, how how is it structured? So it's it's specifically eight sessions. Okay. Because some people find that meeting weekly is a good schedule for them. Some people find that processing that much every week is too much. Yeah. So they prefer a bi-weekly schedule. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. Each person's journey is is unique and different. Um mm. so regardless of the frequency of the meetings, I recommend either weekly or bi-weekly, but even if you want to go monthly, that's okay. Um, if you if you are a person that dives very, very deeply and processes very deeply, then you may need a month. Hmm. Um, but that's why I specifically have it eight sessions. Yeah. So that people can take it at their own pace. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and with every tool, every session, there's also a writing prompt to go deeper into what have I experienced through this loss. And then as practitioners, 
this is how I can present it to my clients to help them go deep using this tool. Yeah, I love that too, because, you know, I'm all about, and essentially this is how the practitioner program is is structured. It's about healing the healer as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, going through these, even your program is giving the the students the opportunity to heal themselves and it doesn't necessarily have to because I've got students that haven't experienced pregnancy loss so it doesn't necessarily have to be that it is pregnancy loss related can be any form of grief but it allows them to go through that process themselves as well as then learn how to do that for other people and that's what I truly value and that's how I've structured the program this practitioner certification is because when we can learn that for ourselves when we can feel the effects of that transformation for ourselves when when we teach that to then other people like it comes through like it's not just that you've read something from a textbook and gone okay yep this is something that you can do like it's actually something that you have physically experienced and then you can go, okay, I know this works. Let's, mm-hmm. let's try and do this together. Um, so again, it's something I truly value. And I love that you've been able to, that you can set it up that way as well, that you can allow them the space to go through the grief themselves, but then how can they then package that up and, and teach that then to someone else? Mm-hmm. Um. Is it one-on-one sessions with you or is it like an online sort of program? It's one-on-one sessions. Yeah. So they get one-on-one time with you in those eight sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so typically, um, typically between an hour and, a, and an hour and a half, but if you need more time, we'll go for as long as you need. Yeah. Um, and then if you need additional support after those eight sessions, then there's a monthly add-on that you can um, purchase to have that ongoing support for as long as you need it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share? I guess before we wrap up, I will obviously put the program details in with the video as well um, and where they can find you, reach out to you. Obviously, if they want to just open the conversation, they can reach out to you. Um, I think Facebook, you said, is the most, where you're most active if they want to reach out to you there. Facebook, LinkedIn, email, okay. either, like any of them. I'm fine with all of them. I'll put all of them in there. <laughs> I'll, get, <laughs> I'll get you to send me your, um, I've got your Facebook and LinkedIn and I've got your website as well. Um, so I'll pop all of that in there. I think I've, I think I've got your program details, but I'll just confirm that with you and um, I'll pop them in there as well. Um, but is there anything else I guess you wanted to add before we do wrap up? The only thing that I would add is going along with the um, notion of trusting your process, um, an awareness that every experience in our lives 
is perfectly tailored for us. And it's perfectly tailored for us to help us become the best version of ourselves possible. I love that. I honestly, like, as much as we may not initially see that, but when we, uh, when we give ourselves the opportunity to grow, we can see that those lessons, those, what we can take, that growth that we can take from that experience is for us. It's for us. It's for our soul's growth, our personal growth, mentally, physically. And I love how you said it's tailored for you because your lessons aren't my lessons. Like the way that we see things, the way that we do things, it's all different. There's no way that we could learn the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's a beautiful way of, of putting that as well. Thank you. Um, But yeah, absolutely. uh, Invite you to reach out to Jenny and ask any questions that you might have that have come up from the program, uh, from the program, from this interview. If you want to know about the program more, just reach out to her, but I will put everything in with this video as well. So you can see more about it. Um, But definitely reach out to her if you want to just talk more about it and see if it is a fit for you. But I think, yeah, just really invite you, I guess, to explore that, um, that, that notion of, you know, healing yourself as well on a deeper level while you learn how to heal other people. And it's, um, we can never, I don't know, we can never sort of stop growing in that sense. Um, I feel like it's always an opportunity for us to go that little bit deeper. So if it does resonate and it does align, please reach out to her. Thank you so much for coming and speaking with us today, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It's been beautiful. I've loved um, everything that we've done together since the grief conference. Um, So I look forward to everything that we can continue doing together um, in the future as well. Thank you. And we'll speak to you soon.